1: is uh, at main campus in Toronto at the studio. I'm Kelly McDonald here at the studio in London, Ontario at the home studio. Yeah, I have fun taking that pictures, but I do worry, Romeo when I'm sitting there at the game, taking these pictures that I'm going to hear off in the distance. Whoa, stop taking my picture, will you? Oh, do but people actually comment? I guess people comment? are used to that. No. I don't know if people do anymore because everybody's Everyone's used to everybody waving their, their, their cameras. phones out. Legit. Years ago. Years ago, people would get so mad, even if you just looked yeah, yeah. in the direction of somebody. I'd oh, like, I you take know, TTC, my, I know. Do mm-hmm. you want my picture or something? And I used to laugh and I'd, hmm, what? You're looking at me. I said, well, that's a good trick. Not likely. Folks always have lots of good conversations on the program. We welcome in to uh, carry us through this next segment to talk headlines, Grant Hardy.
0: Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramiat.
1: You ever have that happen, Grant, minding your own business sitting there and somebody thinks you're staring at them or looking because they don't realize you're vision impaired?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, uh, we there's a new app that's being tested in Canada that uh, allows your phone to use the camera to interpret uh, audible, uh, sorry, not audible, non-audible signals. Oh. And I was sitting in an Uber uh, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to test this out. And then I was like, wait a minute, isn't my driver or someone else going to wonder why I'm sticking my camera
2: <laughs> yeah. up
0: towards the front? I don't know. <laughs>
2: uh, so did it work? Well. Or they could he, no he didn't do it. You didn't try did, yeah. did, But you, did you, did you do do didn't do it I'll in the user though right? Yeah. first. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly.
0: And then
2: exactly.
0: Well, I guess that's one thing, but it's another thing to not even be who you really say you are at all. And that's what we're talking about today. First, we're talking about romance scammers, which is especially relevant as we approach Valentine's Day and the winter in general. People are very lonely, and uh, a a, uh, report from NerdWallet talks about how romance scammers prey on the lonely, people who obviously want new friends, new dates, love and affection. And they're talking about some red flags and signs to spot romance scammers. One is relationships moving too quickly. So basically people showering you with love and affection, and then somehow moving it to over to the question of money, saying that they've had Uh, some sort of an accident or injury or somebody is in crisis and convince people to send over money. Another sign of romance fraud uh, is uh, if the person asks you too soon to communicate off of a dating app and onto something like WhatsApp or email, they say they basically want a more personal environment to interact with you where there aren't any limitations imposed by the dating app. I actually have done this in the past for accessibility reasons, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. Declining video calls or meeting in person, that is a huge red flag. They might say they're going to be offshore for a while uh, or um, otherwise not available. Uh, And they also talk about conversations being too scripted, too canned. For example, never... Using your name, just saying honey or something like that, uh, that may mean that the person in question is sending the same message to multiple people. They say, do your research. I always felt a little bit creepy sort of Googling people that I was... (laughs) <laughs> and with on dating sites uh, but they actually talk about even doing a reverse image search i would never have thought of this oh. one in my life but they say to plug it in into google images and yeah. uh look up whether the person in question is really who they say they are uh let's pick on kelly for this one do you think that people with disabilities are more vulnerable to romance scammers
1: oh, oh, oh i i I think to scammers, I won't necessarily say romance scammers because I think really what gets people, and maybe they're, and I don't want to suggest, oh, disabled people are more lonely than anyone else, but I do feel that lonely, that uh, being just wanting somebody's attention, time, someone to mm-hmm. listen to them. I think you are so in, in a position of vulnerability there. Um, you almost wish and dream and take chances, you know, that, hey, maybe this isn't so so
2: good as it seems. But I'm lonely. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Mean, I think that, like, we don't often talk about how much of a risky business it is just to be online dating at all, right? Just to put yourself out there and communicate with people in this fashion and not have the constant, constant reminder that these are strangers, that you can't really trust anybody these days, and there are, like, a billion ways that people can scam you in any kind of um, part of the process, right? Any stage of the process. Like maybe at the beginning, you know, you're very aware that you're talking to multiple people, that this could go somewhere or it doesn't have to. But then when you start kind of leaning into one or two people, like just narrowing it down and getting more uh, conscious of what kind of conversations you're having and the kind of connection you're building, it could be pretty sketch. And at that point, you got to really check a lot. I think. I think especially have to your own anxiety. Right. Yeah. Yes. yes, exactly, exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah. Your anxiousness. Absolutely.
0: And the the article does say, listen, it's kind of taboo, but if you have been scammed, don't feel like you're stupid. Scammers mm-hmm. do this oh, gosh, for a living; so they do this oh, for yeah. a job. Uh, report it, and don't worry about yourself. Mm. I think my favorite was uh, I was communicating with someone that I knew was a scammer. Um, it's kind of a long story, what? but my favorite, my favorite animal was uh, at the time was the sloth so i texted them saying like oh i'm actually not really human i'm a sloth living in a sanctuary for sloths but i just have the intelligence of a human and the person texted me back with i am really looking forward to connecting more with you (laughs) Uh, which <laughs> tells me that obviously they were just giving canned answers yeah Good and that's Good what times. i got once
1: i got once somebody posing Roll as my scammers. nephew needing some assistance and that was the same thing so i asked stupid questions about oh, the family and none of that came out <laughs> none of yeah, that yeah. was love responded it. entertaining
2: to. anecdotes for later
1: definitely for sure. entertaining
0: uh that is super embarrassing a little taboo but uh something more important uh which i want to move on to now is organ donations so according to a report from the canadian press british columbia saw a record breaking 563 organ transplants last year from 160 deceased donors and 77 living donors that sounds impressive until you hear the next stat which is if i'm reading this correctly we have 28.8 deceased donors per million population which is the highest in the country uh and um They are working hard to ensure that people in intensive care units or people who need, uh, sorry, are referred to uh, as potential organ organ donators as is mandated by provincial law. Uh, However, there are 512 people waiting for a transplant in BC right now. They're kind of just touching the, the limits there. And so they're saying that it's really important to get young people, people in school, people uh, who are being educated right now to sign up as organ donors. I almost, when I was younger, thought that organ donation should be opt out instead of opt in. I know that would be a tough Tough one for a lot of people, yeah. though. Ramia how do you think that we can get young people interested and sign up for donati- donating their organs? I, I,
2: I go with your plan. I mean, you said when you were younger, but I kind of think the same way. If we're really, really talking more and more about this and we know how desperate so many people are for organs and how, like, accessible this kind of thing can be. Like, really. Like, we've progressed to such a point where, uh, you know, the transport of organs and the understanding of the process has gotten so much more transparent in general and, you know, doable. Like, why not? And a lot of it is just negligence. Like, we don't understand how easy it is to sign up, especially in Ontario, to be an organ donor. It's just a literal checkbox. But, um... So many of us don't even go there. Like, we don't even have these conversations. Lots and lots of us. Way too many of us. So I think a kind of aggressive grant, but I agree with you. I feel like it should be an opt-out rather than an opt-in.
1: Yeah, 100%. I remember as a kid how frustrated I was. I was about 10 years old. And they would talk about how, at that time, you had to do a check or something like that with your driver's license. And I was like, what? Hold on a sec. I'll never have one of those. How do I? And I think that for a lot of people, especially then and through... It was the, oh, how difficult is it to be one? Opt out is just the way to go. And,
2: and oh, you make such a good point about like, where do we even sign up? Let's make that uh, option more accessible as well, right? Put like,
1: it more it, in our face. Yeah. Put it more in our face yeah. so that we Go for we anything. Have and they're like, you want to be an organ donor? <laughs> well, and, I, and well, folks, there's so much you can, by being a donor, there's so much that you can help other people because of so many things that they can utilize your, your donation. Now, I also understand, Grant, if they want younger people, and, and I don't mean to sound, oh, I don't know how to word this exactly without sounding kind of gory or grim, but I mean, you don't want, <laughs> you want donators, but somebody has to be in the position to donate at, that you don't want them to be in.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, I think there's a lot of fear that governs organ donation. People either think from what I've heard, either that I will not get the same care, because people are going to want to just take Mm -hmm. my organs, or they'll think, you know my organs are not as good something's going to happen you know whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think you really just have to trust the medical system on this one that like they do have a duty of care they are going to provide everyone the same level of care which
2: yeah um, it's two different things no one's trying to send you mm, on your way to organ donation no yeah they're not going to help you
1: they're not going to help somebody that much you know even if it's their family member (laughs) that'd be totally totally
0: unintuitive and not their job at all if they even know that you've signed up and in terms of using our organs uh just yeah i think really just trusting that the system is doing what it needs to do Mm -hmm. Um, exactly uh just to kind of squeeze this in here at the end uh another report from the canadian press talking about uh the homeless population in toronto which i think is the same across the country uh has a higher rate of covid and covid reinfection not a surprise to me i'm sure not for a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh they are also likely to live uh, have underlying health conditions that make them more vulnerable to to uh illness researchers followed uh, 381 people who had previously been infected with COVID-19 for about a year and the study uh, found that people who didn't have a house or were in very cramped quarters altogether had a significantly higher rate of reinfection found this really interesting too in the context of the downtown east side uh, because apparently the homeless population there uh, not too far away from where I live it seemed like they actually kind of From what I heard, tolerated COVID a little bit better than the average population, I guess maybe because of all the things that they experience on a daily basis, which is not a good thing, it's a terrible thing, Uh, but their infection rates were significantly higher. Any thoughts from you guys on uh, what we can uh, do maybe in terms of handling this the most equitably possible? I know that's a really difficult question. Hmm. I'll, I'll jump in. I think. I think really just having uh, having resources in the community, better shelters, uh, handing yes. out PPE equipment, uh, really like walking around trying to follow up with people, getting people into more permanent uh, placements as soon as possible, and just just making sure uh, to continue documenting this as they are in studies like this,
2: mm-hmm. well, understanding trickle and, down. And, yeah, and and
1: how much do you guys think that the one one of the other things left to us by COVID is all of us having more awareness of those living rough on the streets?
2: Pretty much, right? Yeah,
1: like, I feel that I would way. I feel so. like I'm more, I'd like to think I'm more informed, not an expert, informed a little yeah. bit more.
0: I would hope so. I'd feel. It tends to feel like such a taboo and kind of an us versus them mentality, but I'm hoping that people are starting to adjust, to just acknowledge that everyone is at a different place in terms of their mental health, their level of poverty, uh, etc. And then our lives can go multiple different ways we're maybe lucky that our lives went a certain way but that it's really important to embrace and accept and help everyone
2: that's exactly what i was thinking it's not necessarily as as much as it is just like a global phenomenon we can be very self-absorbed about what covid means right and say like this is how i'm being affected this is how my family's being affected but really there are people experiencing so much like difference in our from our own experiences Mm
1: -hmm. Thanks, Grant. Appreciate it, pal. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Grant will be back on Wednesday with more headlines on the program. Up next, folks, AMI's podcast coordinator, Ryan Delahanty, joins us to talk about some of the newest podcast releases at AMI. Stick around. He's here in two minutes. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv.